Hello, everybody. Hello, England and UK and the world. My name is Deke Sharon, and it is an honor for me to be here and have been here for the past couple of wonderful days of education and music and friendship. We're very excited to bring this to the UK and close to Europe, and we've had a wonderful time, about close to 500 attendees. It's been my first IES event and it's been fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. I've learned so much and I'm in awe of some of the teachers. They've been brilliant. Amazing venue, brilliant educators, absolutely fantastic. It's amazing to meet so many new people and to actually make new friends. I mean, we met some people from Sweden, but we also met some wonderful people from here, from the UK. I've been blown away by the quality of the training that we're having, the quality of the staff that come to give us the training, and of course the sisterhood is just fabulous. Hello, yes, celebration is the theme of this 20th Harmony UK podcast, recorded in Manchester at the first ever Sweet Adelines International Education Symposium, IES, to be held in the United Kingdom. For those not familiar with IES, it's a world-class education event with the added spice of a youth contest called Rising Star, in which the stellar quartets of the future can compete and hone their skills. I'm John Beasley. Join me as we meet an amazing array of singers and educators who've gathered here at the Royal Northern College of Music. They include the current International Queens of Harmony Class Ring Quartet, Paula Davis, expression judge and former Sweet Adelines International President, and Deke Sharon, regarded by many as the godfather of contemporary a cappella. We'll find out what happened when Deke coached the current Region 31 champions nightfall, and we'll meet some of the singers who could be future household names. But first, let's find out a little more about the background to this remarkable singing event. My name is Alison Cheney, and I am, as well as being the education coordinator for Region 31, Sweet Adelines, I'm also uh, one of the co-chairs of IES 2019. And IES is a very big deal, isn't it, for, for, for Region 31 and for the UK in general? It's a huge deal for Region 31, and it's been three years in the making. The very first email I had from International, where they proposed a partnership with Region 31 to put on IES, or actually an educational event, was 2016. And without further ado, we decided, yes, we would want to do it, and yes, it would be IES, and yes, we would host the Rising Star Contest. So this really was a, a, a vote of confidence in Region 31 from the, the rest, I suppose, of the international organisation. I think it was a leap of faith, actually. <laughs> I mean, it could have all turned, you know, very, very differently, but... Uh, the RMT have been fantastic and we, we've worked really hard for well over two years now. And the very first thing we did was to uh, secure faculty because they get booked up so early. So we, we secured our faculty and of course because we were hosting Rising Star we had to have four judges among the faculty. So we, we chose a wish list of eight people out of which we, we were allocated four, so they were actually on our wish list, the four judges who did come here and were great teachers too. 
Um, and then top of our guest faculty list was uh, Deke Sharon, of course, and Laurie Lyford, who is an amazing teacher and a fantastic sweet Adeline and also the Master Director 700 of the Scottsdale Chorus, who are now six times international champion chorus. So you have Laurie Lyford here, you have Deke Sharon as well, who of course is, is a, a, an internationally known name well, well beyond the barbershop world. Um, something of a dream team. I think it was, and it's worked so well together. We've had such, such a lot of variety in the classes lots of the delegates have commented on the variety of classes we've been able to offer with with actually having all these amazing people on, on the faculty and of course I can't not mention the 2019 International Queens of Harmony class ring who have been incredible um, Heather who is the lead Heather Havens the lead of class ring gave birth to a little girl only six weeks ago the little baby's here with her in every class and Heather's just been incredibly professional and just gone about all the classes as if you know as if it was just like an everyday occurrence it's just incredible and not only that sing her singing in the quartet has been phenomenal you know to say she's had a baby six weeks ago so uh, my you know my fullest admiration for class ring they've been amazing now let me present to you your 2014 Rising Star Champion Quartet, see where this can lead, and reigning international champion quartet, the one and only Class Ring! My name is Haley Parks and I'm the bass of Class Ring. My name is Michaela Slamka Johnston and I'm the tenor of Class Ring. I'm Mary Duncan and I sing baritone of Class Ring. I'm Heather Havens and I sing lead in Class Ring. And is it true that you you're, you're uh, recently became a mum, is that right? I did recently become a mom of two, actually. I have a two-year-old at home and a six-week-old with me here today. You brought your six-week-old child with you today? I did. <laughs> Boy or girl? Girl. And, and getting a very early introduction to barbershop? Yes, very early. Uh, that, is, yes. that is just amazing. Good. Congratulations. And, Thank um, you. Can I begin by asking you then about, I don't know who wants to answer this first, but I didn't realise until today that Class Ring got together simply to compete for the Rising Star Contest, what, five years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, five years ago this month actually is when uh, we won Rising Star. 
And tell us about how that came about then, uh, Hayley. Well, actually, the other three got together first. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I should go last. Michaela. So uh, Mary was actually at a different convention with Sweet Adelines in Hawaii in 2013, and she was talking to her mom and Sandy and David Wright and was saying, I'd really like to put together a quartet for Rising Star. And Sandy knew Heather. Uh, she sang, Heather sang in Sandy's chorus, and she hooked them up and Heather and I met actually at a rising star contest in 2007 so she knew me mm -hmm. so the three of us got hooked up and we said well now we need a bass so we actually put on Facebook does anybody know of a of a young uh, bass that wouldn't mind singing in rising star with us and uh, someone came back and mentioned Haley and we reached out to Haley and not knowing us at all she got on a plane and she auditioned for the quartet and the, the rest is history and what made you do that Haley <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I mean, these are people you didn't know, presumably. Yes, yeah, they were all strangers. Um, the the couple of people that gave them my name actually called me uh, probably four or five days after they sent me a message, and I hadn't responded yet. And they were like, hey, did you hear from those girls? And I... I was wondering how she knew that. And then she explained that she gave them my name, and she kind of... Honestly, she said, even though you don't know who they are, I know who they are, and you should go sing with them. And so it was the encouragement of other people that were already in the organization that kind of gave me that bravery to, to jump in and do that. So Mary is the person who started the ball rolling on this in the first place. Did, did you ever wonder what you'd taken on, or did you, did, did you, did you feel that it was going to work from, from the get-go? I hoped it would work, but... <laughs> Our main goal was just to go and compete at the Rising Star competition and medal or hopefully win. And so I was really, really excited to work hard for that. And I knew right away that Heather was a great singer. She had already been competing in Sweet Adelines and had grown up in it. So I trusted that. And then at our first rehearsal, I just knew that it was going to be exciting and we could work really hard and I had high hopes for it. But we had no idea that Class Ring would turn into what it did after Rising Star. So we didn't actually continue on in the Sweet Adelines International Organization until after the Rising Star competition we made that decision. And were you at all surprised to win at the first attempt? Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer that two one. Rehearsals. Yeah, we actually had only had two rehearsals before our first rising star, and so we were. Well, granted, when we say rehearsal, we were together for like three days, but um, we were shocked. I mean, we were hopeful, but um, you know, as they start calling out the medals and they don't say your name, you're like, this could either be really good or really bad, <laughs> and so we were very, very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Sweet. for the next five years it sounds though from what you were saying this afternoon when you were talking about the journey from competition onwards that it takes one heck of a lot of organization Michaela. yes uh, especially being a long distance quartet we we organize everything and we talk about everything and we write it all down we use uh, something called google docs that's in the google suite and google drive and we organize everything there i mean 
packing lists, repertoire lists, uh, the to-do list, our schedule, everything, we keep it in there. That way we're all on the same page. And you divide up the jobs as well. Who's responsible for what? I do um, coaching, and so I'm our coach liaison. And Heather? Um, I do a lot of the administrative work, so uh, all the paperwork for contests, and I am the uh, finance person as well. So you're the. It's worth knowing you in that case if you it, look after all the money. It's <laughs> worth knowing me. <laughs> worth keeping sure. on the right side of you. Yes. <laughs> and what about the other two? I kind of pick up all the extra stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, well, I show up and I sing my music. No, but um, I kind of help co-chair do social media stuff. And then now I'm the merch lady. So I bring the merchandise in the suitcase and keep a list of how many CDs we have left and, and where is um, like the supplies we need in order to sell merchandise and the things we need to set up the table and stuff. Uh, have like you got that. some CDs here this weekend? Yes, we do. Our first CD. Um, and then we're actually in the middle of producing our second CD, which will probably be available. No, it will be available at this upcoming New Orleans convention with Sweet Islands. Which we shall all look forward to. But, but that brings up another question, which, which you addressed this afternoon as well. The songs that you actually decide to sing. And Michaela, you, you were saying that you're quite careful about what you pick to sing. Yeah, so that's my job, actually. I, I do most of the research figuring out what songs I think will work for us. We all contribute, but I think that's my main job. And then I send uh, the songs to arrangers and pick which arrangers to send the songs to and how to communicate with them. And, yeah, we're really careful with the songs that we pick because we want to choose things that we feel like we can genuinely convey and things that we know we can be successful with. And one of the things that I was surprised to hear you say was that there are some songs you really wouldn't do. Yeah, we don't, we don't typically strive to do things like contemporary a cappella songs because that's just not where our strengths lie. None of us really have a poppy voice, so contemporary songs aren't really our strong suit. We feel like we're, we're better at like the more musical theater and classic barbershop is really where we feel like our strengths lie. So, Classring have developed a distinct musical personality. But at last year's Internationals in St. Louis, they also seem to have discovered a rather wicked sense of humour. This snippet is taken from their contest finals performance, and it's available to view on the Sweet Adeline's International YouTube page. Speaking of Sweet Adeline's, I must be the sweetest Adeline today because I did something so awesome for the other quartet competitors backstage. Really, Haley? What'd you do? Well, I left them milk and chocolate cake in their dressing rooms. Haley! Haley, you know all of those things are really bad for people's singing voices, right? Oh, really? (laughs) Is there anything else you'd like to confess to all of us while we're here? Well... I may have tried to tell all the other quartet competitors that the contest was moved to next week, but that only worked on GQ. (laughs) I tried. We try our best to just be slight caricatures of who we really are when we do our talking parts so that we feel as comfortable and natural speaking. 
Because honestly, the singing is the easy part and the talking is the super hard part. We chose Haley for that personality because Haley's kind of like the spicy, like, she's a spicy personality. So we knew that she could pull off that devilish side, probably the best out of most of us. Not that she's a devilish person. She's quite <laughs> lovely, actually. But, you know, we knew that she could pull that off. And it just fit with that, that particular song. Right after that, we sang a song featuring Haley called Shamey, Shamey, Shame, so that we, we felt like that led perfectly into that. And I think we decided to add that element to our talking this year because in the past, I feel like we've gotten the comment a lot that, wow, you were beautiful, you made us cry, but it was like so much like heavy, like too, too serious the whole entire time. And so we, we wanted to lighten it up a bit this past year and it was the perfect way to do it. Some folks think I'm troubled and I'm bad with the capital B. But if I bust your bubble, shame 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 And when we come to this evening, you'll see a lot of quartets who are going for the prize that you won five years ago. What do you think is going to be going through their minds, Helen? Oh, gosh. A lot of things are going through their, their minds. They're nervous, of course, because, you know, they've come a very, a lot of them have come a very long way, a lot of them from the States. I think, and a lot of it is excitement. It's a very exciting thing. I remember back five years ago how exciting it was to be getting ready and getting on stage and, you know, singing for your family and your friends. Um, so just nerves, but mostly excitement. And if there was a piece of advice that you could give to them now, this is for anybody really, what would it be? To not rush it. It's, I, and this sounds so funny because I'm still very young myself, but the advice that I've always been given in all of life, but especially in this journey as a quartet, is to enjoy every step and every moment, no matter your placement, no matter your medal, no matter your score, to enjoy this day and getting ready for contest and the excitement of it all building up and, and those few minutes on stage to really relish that and um, every step in that journey. Well, Haley, Michaela, Heather, Mary, thanks very much indeed. It's been great talking to you, and we'll, we'll look forward to your next CD coming out in a few yes, weeks' time. Yes, thank, thank you. you. It's so nice to meet you.
You'll Never Walk Alone, one of the songs which helped them to achieve international gold last year and which they performed on stage in Manchester following the Rising Star contest. You can view Class Ring along with the whole competition on the Sweet Adelines International Facebook page and you'll also find the individual performances on their YouTube channel. I'll add a link to the Harmony UK podcast Facebook page and I'll also tweet out links on Twitter. Now, throughout this 20th Harmony UK podcast from IES in Manchester, we're going to be meeting some of the fantastic quartets who took part in Rising Star, beginning with four young singers from the far southwest of England. We are ready for contestant number one. Are we ready? Okay. We've got some UK locals from St. Austell, Cornwall, United Kingdom. Put your hands together for Ultraviolet! I'm lead. I'm Lauren and I sing bass. I'm Chelsea and I sing baritone. And I'm Natalia and I sing tenor. So what was it like up on that stage tonight? You were very first on. It was nerve-wracking but it felt really good. It was really nice up there. Personally it's my first one so it's nice to have a bit of experience and um, just enjoying it with friends really. Yeah everyone's really nice. It's kind of like one big family because there's only two quartets from the UK and the others are from America. And how have you all been getting on with the, with, with the other quartets? I mean, do you, do, you, do you mix, do you chat to each other? Yeah, they're all really nice. It's just like having a load of sisters. So all of a sudden you're just like in, engrossed in all of these people and it's like you've known each other your whole lives even though you've only met them like this weekend. It's crazy, but it's so lovely. I only know what I know The passing years will show You've kept my love so young, so new. Time after time, you'll hear me say that I'm so lucky to be loving you. Just you. We sang time after time with our chorus and decided we wanted to keep it as our ballad. And then Ain't He Sweet, we just said it was fun and young and energetic. So we just decided to go from there. Um, we do. Three of us sing an a cappella sound. So how long have you been together as a quartet? Five months. 
roughly. Wow, and you're already here at this, this, this rising start party. Yes, yes. That must be a, a heck of a lot of work you've had to put in. How, how often do you rehearse? Uh, well, we were doing like twice a week. We all have really different work schedules, so it's quite difficult to fit it in. And what sort of things do you have to fit it around? I mean, are you, are you at school or at college or at work or, or what? Well, three of us are at work, so me and Tally work in schools and Lauren works in catering, and then Izzy is in college. And what are your plans after this for the quartet? I mean, are you going to stick together? Are you going to go on and, and try other uh, competitions as well? I think we're going to stick together. We're not sure about more competitions at the moment. I think we're just enjoying what we're doing and singing together. The sound of Ultraviolet from St Austell in Cornwall, who took sixth place in the Rising Star contest. As I say, you can find all the performances either on the Sweet Adeline International YouTube channel or on their Facebook page. Well, whether they wanted to compete, perform in shows and concerts, or simply sing more effectively with their choruses on the risers at rehearsals, uh, delegates here at IES were spoilt for choice when it came to the classes offered by the teaching faculty. Debunking barbershop myths creating a performance package, uh, filling your vocal toolbox and things I wish I'd known before I became a chorus director were among the many intriguing sounding sessions on offer. I went along to one called Musicality and Artistry through Physicality. Let's you put your thumbs back here on the ground, move the shoulders around and release the knees. with each other's sound and sight coming out of you. Does it feel that way? Yeah. I mean, I've kind of got surround sound here, so <laughs> it may feel that way, but man, that's a huge difference for you there. It's the kind of thing that changes what's gonna happen in your <coughs> experience. So you guys can say- My name is Paula Davis. I'm a certified expression judge and a past, uh, immediate past president of Sweet Adelines International. And you've been talking to people about the right posture and, and the way to use your body to express yourself and also to get the best out of your, your singing and your breathing. I, I had no idea that posture could be quite so important. Absolutely. Actually, your body alignment is the basis of good singing. It's the foundation, if you want to think of that. Um, so any building that is built without a good foundation is going to crumble, and that's what happens to our sound when our foundation doesn't remain in the correct alignment. If it starts floating around, if you have a, a moving foundation, that's kind of scary. So, yeah, body alignment is a huge thing. So if somebody's listening at the moment and, and they want to get the right alignment and maybe they've got a mirror handy, I mean, what, what should they be looking to do? I would say pull your shoulders up to right under your ears, roll them back and then down. And then you'll feel just a slight expansion in the chest and you can then um, just to reinforce it, you can touch your thumbs on the bum, um, so you can just sort of feel like, oh, that's where it is. So that coupled with keeping your knees flexed a bit so that the pelvis is just slightly, goes towards the front just a hair, combining those two things that provides the freedom in the body with the correct body stance for the most effective 
sound delivery, our vocal instrument is now completely open and ready for delivery. But you were saying it's, it's not just the voice, it's about confidence and, and nerves as well. It actually does really affect. There's a vagus nerve that is down in the chest area, and standing that way actually massages the vagus nerve, and it sends a signal to our amygdala, which controls our fight or flight syndrome. So it actually tells us you're fine. You're fine. Things are good. So while that stance is delivering the right um, body stance for you to deliver wonderful sound and a in a group, a unified sound delivery, it is also telling your body that you're fine and confident. So you end up being more confident on stage and delivering a more relaxed performance. I've heard some people talking about getting to the ends of phrases and some chorus directors will say try staggered breathing drop out for a little while take a breath quietly and then 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 come back in does does all this mean you see that just as as a wee bit of a cheat um not necessarily some phrases that we build in depending on how you interpret the song some phrases are incredibly long and probably are not meant for one breath and truthfully i would as an expression judge i'd rather hear you take another breath and continue to provide solid sound that we can use for expressive delivery instead of sounding like, I'm running out of air, I'm running out of air. However, for many times, with this stance, with the body lifted so that it's out of its own way, it provides way more air for you more easily. It just does it automatically. It's the way it's made. It's the way our body is made. And it happens automatically that we lift phrase endings when our body is lifted and tall and wide so that everything's out of the way. You just had a a big audience in this lecture theatre, albeit a lecture theatre with a grand piano, which you don't see all that that often, taking all this in, trying it out as well. You had them on their feet and singing. But this, this I understand, is is the very first time that this International Education Symposium has, has actually been outside of North America. Um, It is actually the International Education Symposium. This is the first time outside of North America. We have had another a cappella harmony academy in New Zealand maybe three or four years ago. It wasn't quite this big. And so we're very excited to bring this to the UK and close to Europe. And we've had a wonderful time, about close to 500 attendees. Absolutely fabulous. They've had a wonderful time, and so have we. What was it then about about Manchester and, and, and the UK that, that, that made Sweet Adelines International want to come here? Well, we really wanted to come to this area of the world because we had, we had been to New Zealand fairly recently, and Region 31 stepped up and said it became a joint venture that we could do it here, and they've been brilliant as far as helping us. They chose Manchester itself and have worked a great deal with the facilities here in-house since they are here and we are not. So it's been a great um, teamwork that we've been able to work together. And presumably it means that, that, that um, quartets from, from the UK and Europe can come and compete here in the, in the Rising Star Contest and, and perhaps maybe makes it easier for some people who find it more difficult to get to North America sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was our hope and uh, we did the same thing in New Zealand and of course we hope that we will have a lot more people because not everybody can come and travel uh, across the pond. But um, surprisingly, we have a good number of North Americans that have come over here across the pond to travel here as well. So um, we're happy to welcome anyone that came and we're looking forward to that contest this evening. 
It's an interesting time in barbershop at the moment. You're a past president of Sweet Adelines International. We, we've seen the rise of mixed choruses and mixed quartets, and of course we've seen a change of rules uh, with the Barbershop Harmony Society. Um, Babs in, in Britain is now uh, allowing women who sing uh, to join them for the first time. They, women could join Babs, but, but as chorus directors or as administrators, not, not as singers until fairly recently. What are the implications, do you think, for Barbershop in general, and do they have any for Sweet Adelines in particular? Well, it, of course it has some implications, but the thing is, everybody has choices, and everybody needs to make the choice that is right for them. We believe that Sweet Adelines has a place at the barbershop table as who we are, because we specifically offer a place for women, a women's uh, organization that continues to empower lift up, educate, train, helping them grow in many areas, certainly in musical areas, but in leadership and in many other ways. So it is a safe place that women can grow, be themselves, and be among other women that um, can provide encouragement and support as well. And so we feel like there is a special place for that. Women often need other women around them to give them specific encouragement and just to understand where they are in life. So we feel like that's really important. Empowering women is part of our mission statement now. So remaining pretty much the same as in, in terms of all women choruses and quartets, but, but nonetheless there is a big mixed voice scene out there now and it's getting bigger all the time. Shouldn't Sweet Adelines be playing some part in that? We actually enjoy it. Um, we've had a mixed contest just for fun at uh, the last IES we had. We may have that again in the future. And our, many of our members are a part of that, and we welcome that. We are not making that part of who we are right now because we are focused on the importance of women. So we're dedicating our monies and our time and education to women. And we feel like that's important. I can't speak for the future, but I can speak for now. And so that's why we're focused on women. My thanks to Paula Davis, who's an expression judge and a past president of Sweet Adeline International. Well, let's catch up now with some more from the Rising Star Quartet contest and a second competitor from the UK. From Hull, Yorkshire, United Kingdom, put your hands together for a Saved by the Bell! Well, congratulations to all of you because you, you, you really rocked this place tonight. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you thought so. Tell us about the songs that you chose then and why you chose them. 
Martha asked if we could sing Baby Mine from Dumbo and we thought, yeah, that's a good song. So we found an arrangement by Nancy Bergman and then our up tune is one that I've always wanted to sing, which is Orange Coloured Sky. Um, and this arrangement was by Tom Gentry and I think we really got our teeth into them. We really enjoyed them. Feeling fine and fancy free No, not a care, nothing's worrying me I was walking along, minding my business Went out of that orange colour sky Flash, bam, Malakazam Wonderful you came by, oh my And how long have you been singing together as a quartet? Because I, barbershop is pretty new to Hull in general, isn't it? Yeah, so we've been together for about seven months now, so still very new. We all met in our university chorus, which has been going for about two years now. Sorry, we met at university, but I'm now a civil servant. I've graduated. I stick around and sing. I'm still in my second year studying psychology, so it's just a bit on the side for me. Um, I've just graduated, so I'm in the fun world of looking for a job. I'm still going, yeah. You're still going? <laughs> But, but taking a chance on this rising star contest, which is a pretty big deal. It was quite scary. <laughs> um, yeah. I sung in public and that was um, an international contest. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is the very first time you've the sung? The second time. The second time? Yeah, the second time. First contest. Okay. Your very first contest. Yeah. What, what, tell us about the previous time you sang. I mean, was it at all like this or was it different? Um, yeah. So our previous, our previous concert was um, at Hull at the university. It was sort of our, our chorus show. There's three choruses and it was our quartet debut. So, like, similar tonight, a lot of friendly faces, but there's a lot of hardcore barbershoppers in this room, whereas last time was kind of like our grandparents who sort of were like, they sound nice, but these guys know their stuff. So how have you been getting on with these, these hardcore barbershoppers who come from all over the world? Oh, they're absolutely lovely. They're so nice. Like, as soon as we got here, everyone was talking to each other and introducing and, like, we found what parts we sang with each other quartets, and it's so nice. Sophie, Abby... Bethany and Martha. Saved by the Bells, thoroughly enjoying their first IES. Sentiment shared by just about everyone that I met throughout the day. Uh, we're from the Netherlands. Okay, so you crossed the North Sea to be here then today? Yes, we did. Uh-huh. And what do you make of it? Yeah, it's really great. We really love it. Is this your first IES? Yes, it is, but it's amazing to meet so many new people and to actually make new friends. I mean, we met some people from Sweden, but we also met some wonderful people from here, from the UK. And the US. And the US. <laughs> you know, it's, it's fantastic you know, to be around here, to learn everything. It's, uh, it's really nice. And what do you think you're going to take back with you from this uh, educational event to the Netherlands? Oh, so, so much. Really, also to have fun and I have to think of so many things, actually. Posture and... and <laughs> it was just really a learning curve to be here. Excellent, amazing venue, brilliant educators, absolutely fantastic. How's today been for you? Wonderful, it's been great. A lot of good uh, teaching and uh, learning going on here, classes, and uh, of course the wonderful Rising Star contest with these talented young women, amazing. How far have you travelled to be here? From Sweden. And is this your first Rising Star? Yeah. And, and, and your first uh, IES? Yeah, it is. I only joined a, li a little less than a year ago, so this is very new to me, but I think it's amazing that there is so much support and so much warmth in this. Uh, you really feel that you become part of something. <laughs> and underneath one of the staircases, where else would you find a, a quartet practicing? What's, 
what, what, what's the name of the quartet? Our quartet's called Sugar Free and we're from Sheffield. We sing with Sheffield Harmony as our main chorus. And you've been here since, since Thursday? Uh, we have, yeah. Having a great time. Can I just ask you to introduce yourself? Uh, my name's Carol Hall. And you sing? I sing the tenor part, which is the highest part. I'm Danuta Clarkson, I sing bass or lead. I'm Ollie Paxman and I sing bass or lead. I'm Janice Jardine and sing baritone. And, and is this your first IES or, or are some of you sort of seasoned veterans of IES now? This is my first one, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first one for all of us, actually. It's the first time that it's come to the UK, well, for a very long time. Uh, it's normally held in America, which would obviously be a very expensive trip. So we've done edu- other education weekends, but this is the first proper IES. So apart from the big saving from not going across the pond, I mean, what, 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 what does this mean? What does this, this weekend mean to you? This means that we get to meet the American uh, people who are top of the tree, who can teach you most things. So we've been all attending different classes and hopefully get together and share the information and pass it on to our chorus. And anyone want to share their highlights to date? Probably uh, some of the classes that we've done because they've been so educational but so exciting as well and it's all been so much fun so there's n- not one particular thing for me there's lots yeah. of things that it's have made it a really, really, really yeah. good time yeah the friendships yeah. interactions engagement between you know different groups and the people who are teaching us as well which is great well would you like to sing us a song would that be all right yeah. we would love to sing you a song <laughs> we'd love to hear it do lean on me yeah Sometimes in our lives we all have pain, we all have sorrow, but if we are wise, we know that there's always tomorrow. Lean on me, on me, when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend, I'll help you Call me, call 
brilliant performance recorded right there beneath the stairs from that quartet Sugar Free from Sheffield. And there's still lots more to come here on Harmony UK Podcast. It's our 20th edition recorded at Sweet Adeline's International Education Symposium at the Royal Northern College of Music here in Manchester. Uh, my name's John Beasley. We'll be hearing from Deke Sharon shortly. But first, someone I met who's preparing to embark on an academic study of the impact of one of the most recent developments in barbershop harmony singing, one that's already been mentioned a little earlier in this podcast. I'm Aurélie Gandour. I'm a librarian and a barbershop singer with London CC Singers. And you're about to embark on a, a new area of education in barbershop, I understand. Yeah, I'm about to start a PhD uh, in music and I'm hoping to study mixed barbershop singing. Mixed barbershop singing? Yes, specifically. Has there been much research on this before? I couldn't find any, actually. I've been reading as much as I could on barbershop uh, articles, books that have been out. Most of them are about American barbershop, male barbershop, and then you find the one Liz Garnett book about a British barbershop, uh, and she talks about women specifically, got a couple of articles about women, but I couldn't find anything about mixed barbershop singing, because it's so new, I guess. So what are the issues around mixed barbershop singing, you think, which, which need to be researched and need to be analysed? What I want to look about is how people interact around the music, because when I arrived in barbershop, what I observed is those associations who are very complex and seems to be ruling how we sing and the music itself through the sets of rules and the contests. And I want to see how that changes and develops uh, when we start having mixed barbershop singing. Uh, may it be through mixed associations like SABS or Bing in Germany or with BHS now accepting women and starting to have mixed contests in the future. And are we going to see that things are arranged more around one gender or the other? For example, if women are starting to get into the men's, the originally men's association, is that going to have an effect? If we look at the arrangements, for example, are we going to sing in men's key? Are we going to sing arrangements that were written for women? Are we going to uh, do some key changes? How is it going to happen? Who is going to make the decisions around that? Have we seen changes then in the organisations that have been mixed? I mean, do Bing and Sabs, for example, in Germany and Spain, do things in any way differently from, say, uh, Babs or Labs in, in, in Britain or from um, uh, BHS and, and, and Sweet Adelines in America? When I went to Sabs, uh, the first thing that struck me is that uh, you have all of the different genders competing seamlessly throughout an afternoon. You don't have one men's contest and then, then the ladies, for example, and you have mixed ensembles. Uh, so I, I wonder uh, if it can expand the genre and if it's going to make more people want to sing it, uh, if you're no longer constrained by gender and also the way we express gender. So for example, if you look at Sweet Adelines with all of their makeup and their sparkly dresses and you contrast that with the men's in BHS with their suits and sometimes their little straw hats. Uh, those are very different gender expressions. Uh, when you put men and women together, are they just going to stand one there with her sparkly dress and the guy in the suit, or are they going to try and come up with something new? 
uh, or are we going to see a blurring of the gender identities and gender expressions? Are we going to see trans people singing barbershop? I don't think there are that many right now. I would really be interested to find out what they think about it. Are you going to do most of this research in Europe then? Because up until now, most of the things that we've seen, most of the books that we've seen published and most of the, the papers have, have concentrated on the US, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. And when I started writing my research proposal, I thought, oh yeah, Europe is where it's at because I'm already seeing it everywhere around in brigades, for example, and in other associations. And then BHS happened and everyone in harmony. So it feels like I'm going to have to go to the US and witness the contests too. Uh, that's too bad for me. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that at all. And how long <laughs> until you expect to publish your research? Uh, probably four or five years, I think. Well, we'll have to be patient, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to reading what you, uh, what you come up with. Aurélie, thank you very much indeed. Thank you so much, John. Aurélie Gondour from London City Singers, preparing to travel the world for a PhD studying the impact of mixed-voice barbershop. And she says, it's a tough job, but I guess someone's got to do it. Now, high time that we heard from another of the Rising Star Quartets. In fact, the quartet which took third place in the competition. Please put your hands together from Valencia, California, Valkyries! We really had to choose a name in a short amount of time, and so um, our high school that we went to, the mascot was the Viking, and so then we thought, may as well choose another um, like character from Norse mythology, and then just put our own spin on it, and so then that's how we came up with the Valkyries. Okay, so you're so are you planning any trips to Sweden? I should imagine you'd be pretty popular. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want if the international yeah. competition takes us there, then that's where we'll go. Yeah. <laughs> we were all friends in high school, and then um, our uh, substitute teacher had a workshop, and then we went to the workshop, and we formed a quartet for three years, and then now we have a new lead, uh, Therese, with us. So we've been formed, like kind of reformed, one year for about one year, and uh, couldn't be happier. And third place this time, what does that mean to you? It means a lot, uh, especially grow. yeah, especially coming from our place last year. Uh, we took 10th place last year, and so then this was a huge, huge thing for us because it shows how much we've grown as a quartet. Yeah, and um, yeah, especially just getting into barbershop as well, um, because that's definitely a new genre for us that we haven't really taken over yet. Yeah. Really? What was the old genre then? Where have you moved from to barbershop? We came from a very classical choral music and additionally jazz. So it was two very separate worlds and barbershop has been a challenge for us, but it's been a good one, a fun challenge. Definitely. 
what do you find most most difficult about moving from the traditional classical world then to barbershop? Are there, are, are there particular challenges that you face? Honestly, I think it's ending the phrases. <laughs> it's it's going to take us a while to get there, but I think we, we got it so far. Yeah. We'll just keep practicing. And are, you, are you back next year for another go? We hope so. We hope so. We hope so. Yeah. I tried, then I cried. I was the last one. be the next one to? The Valkyries. And don't forget that all the Rising Star performances are available to watch on YouTube. Just look for the Sweet Adeline International YouTube channel or head over to their Facebook page where you can find a recording of the contest in full. Now, we've heard his voice. He compared the competition and introduced all the quartets. It's about time that we met the man himself. Hello, I'm Deke Sharon, and I'm the acapella nerd who's infiltrated this year's uh, IES. Oh, a one-man acapella revolution, some people have called it. <laughs> That's possible. Uh, one-man acapella train wreck, others, I'm sure, have called me. <laughs> well, you, 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 you're here at um, IES. Yes. You've been here since Thursday, and I've just been talking to somebody from Region 31 who says, we're working Deke Sharon very hard. What have you been doing? Yeah, well, uh, kind of everything. I have a list of like 25 different classes I teach, and some of them are master classes that are different every time and, and they're kind of endless. So it's like a, a wedding uh, party oh. deciding like, oh, we want these appetizers and we want these main courses and whatever. So each day there are different time slots, and I'm here and I'm there, and I'm teaching this, I'm teaching that, and everything from arranging to vocal improvisation and movement and choreography. I mean, you name it, and, and uh, it's being done here. But that's what's so great about this event, the Sweet Adelines organization. They're committed to teaching people all different aspects of, of what it is to be a great singer. Your own a cappella journey began back in the, in, in the early 90s, uh, when you started to come to prominence. What was it about that time, do you think, that, that made you think that the world was ready for this sort of explosion in this kind of vocal music? Well, what's, what's funny is the world has always been ready for acapella. Acapella singing was a huge deal around the world for all of prehistory and then most of human history until recorded music. It's when recorded music came along that people stopped singing and making their own music. Because remember, back before that, if you wanted Christmas carols in the holidays, you sang the Christmas carols. You want music after dinner, you made the music. So everybody was involved in music. And music was a part of being a well-educated, well-rounded person. And this isn't just for the upper classes. This is also, like, think about folk music. This is music that people made while they were working, while they were washing, while they were working in the fields. And, and unfortunately, we've lost that as a culture. So what I'm trying to do is bring music and singing back into people's lives. They love it so much. They, they watch American Idol and wish they could be up there singing. They, they sing karaoke once a year after they've had a couple drinks. And, and that's just not enough. So it's less a matter of me trying to, and, and the world being ready for... A little bit more acapella it's more that acapella is something that humans have hardwired inside of ourselves and it's just longing to get out 
And, and since we're at a barbershop event, I have to ask you about one of the things you said, which you often see written on T-shirts. It's probably something that half a dozen or more people have said to me, requoted you. You said that barbershop was the black belt of a cappella, and I, I feel compelled to ask you, what was the context in which you said that, and what were you getting at? Well, barbershop is such a strong tradition of tight, close, four-part harmony singing, where vowels match and blend, and an attention to overtones requires an understanding of the mechanics of both the voice and the elements of music theory behind it that allow you to make this magical sound. So what I tell people is you don't need to sing barbershop to be a great singer, but if you sing barbershop, you will by definition become a better singer through what you have learned. And particularly people who are singing harmony in any style, to spend even a little bit of their time singing in a barbershop group and knowing and understanding that style, it will enrich their lives in, in, in a lot of different ways musically. And yet you get the impression that some people think of barbershop as, as little dull by comparison with the sort of a cappella that you do. I mean, I, I was watching Pitch Battle on BBC One and, and Gareth Malone always refers to barbershop as traditional barbershop. And, and I, I sometimes get the impression that's just a tiny bit disparaging. Well, I think the problem is that barbershop needs a bit of a public image makeover. It's not that there's anything wrong with barbershop. It's that when barbershops in the media, certainly in America, you've got the, the bowler hats and the, and the striped vests. Like there's this idea that it's kind of old fashioned and it's hokey and it is in some ways old fashioned, but it was the popular music of its day. And the tradition has changed and grown and developed and become much more complex and rich and, and varied. So we just need to get a couple barbershop groups out there who are making videos, who are doing things in a way that is compelling to a modern audience. It's a choice of repertoire, it's a choice of the way in which you shoot the video or whatever. And once that group happens, once we get the pentatonics of barbershop, and I'm not saying they have to become as big as pentatonics and fill stadiums, but you know what I'm talking about, some viral videos and out there, then we'll be able to change the, the understanding of barbershop. No, 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 this is barbershop. And everyone in barbershop will be able to point to this group and say, that's what we're doing. And some groups are doing great work. GQ's been out there making videos and Midtown has a great new Spider-Man video that's out there. And some of the, some of the groups that, that it's, it's not that, they're younger and people are more interested in necessarily seeing younger people, but it's that since they're younger, video is such a bigger part of their own experience and they know that YouTube is where the latest is happening. So they're taking their music and they're putting it there and that's what's letting people know what Barbershop is. Part of the problem though is with tradition, it's a bit of a vicious circle, isn't it? I mean, I, my chorus is, is based in London and therefore, simply because we're based in London, we, we get approached from time to time from TV companies wanting a quartet. And if they want a quartet, they always want stripy blazers, they always want the hats with the, uh, the, the straw, they always want bow ties, and, and it's really difficult to persuade them otherwise. Well, it's because they don't know any different. And that, you know, what I learned in the early days of the contemporary acapella movement is nobody, first of all, knew what acapella was. And so I needed to go change the perception of it in the major media. And then people would come looking for the thing that we're doing rather than the thing that they think that we're doing. So if you had a barbershop group that's doing a modern song, but in the barbershop style, maybe it's a hip hop tune. Maybe it's a barbershop group that's singing traditional barbershop, but there's someone who's rapping with them or they've got a beatbox. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, a barbershop version of a great old English folk song or their sea shanties or something, some way in which it makes it different and it changes people's understanding of what barbershop can be. 
then all of a sudden it's a bigger bubble. Then all of a sudden there's a different perception and people start to say, ooh, can you do that thing they did? And, and it's off to the races from there. And then people start to realize like, oh, you can sing any song barbershop, you know? And barbershop is really a way of approaching vocal harmony, not a fashion choice. Does that mean then that the people who, who talk about preserving barbershop still and who, who get rather worried by things like, for example, the Greatest Showman set that we saw from Westminster Chorus at BHS recently, and everybody said it was amazing. It was a stunning performance. The was. harmonies were... It was! Yeah. But some people said, well, yeah, but it's not really barbershop. I mean, should we, should we worry about that sort of thing? I think that we should worry about people who want to keep barbershop only one thing because then the media will never expect or want anything other than the vests and the, and the hats. You know, we barbershop is traditional and able to embrace a modern movie soundtrack song. I think the key is to have that variation in the same way that in the college a cappella world, the Whiff and Poofs from Yale, the first college a cappella group, are still wearing white tie and tails. They still sing with gloves. They still sing songs from 50 or 100 years ago. They're very traditional and they maintain that tradition and that's their style. And then there are contemporary a cappella groups singing the latest songs on the radio. And there's the variance all the way in between. Barbershop hopefully will embrace and understand that having a wide range of different perspectives and, and sounds within itself will allow it to continue to grow and develop so much more. And then there'll be so many more people who come in because of the popular thing, and then they fall in love with and want to do the traditional thing. And one other thought on this, traditional barbershop, if people really want to preserve that, is simpler chords, not a lot of sevenths, performed by four African-American men. We don't have traditional barbershop. What, we, what people are preserving is the barbershop from the 1950s through 70s or so, not the late 1890s, which really is what true barbershop is. So when I hear people say like, well, barbershop needs to be preserved in the form that it currently exists now, I say, well, let's also preserve it in the form it was 100 years ago and in the 1930s and the way that Westminster is doing it. Let's do all of these things together because then it's a big tent and we get so many more people of the younger generation interested. You're making it sound very exciting. One final question to you and let's come back to the uh, IES here. Um, we have the Rising Star competition this evening yes. for quartets. Yes. Uh, and, and as a man who is an aficionado of so many competitions, you've launched quite a few of them yourselves. Indeed. How are you looking forward to this and, and, and how, how important is it in your view? Well, I think Rising Star is hugely important because, well, first of all, several of the groups uh, that I know, like the ladies, for instance, I met them at Rising Star when it was in New Zealand. And look at what they've done since then, not just as a quartet, but also the individual members and how important they've become to the overall barbershop community and world. We need new blood. We need young people to get excited about what's going on in barbershop. And these young quartets by coming into Rising Star and having an opportunity to sing for the entire community and excite people and then walk away with a title and respect are both taking youth culture and traditional barbershop and marrying the two and that's really a big part of what I think is going to keep barbershop going for another hundred years. Deke Sharon, huge pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Deke Sharon. And we'll be hearing from the winners of this year's Rising Star competition soon. But before that, let's hear from Region 31's own champion quartet. Uh, they're called Nightfall, and they were coached by Deke in a memorable and sometimes emotional one-hour session after lunch on Saturday here at IES.
By way of introduction, here's a little from their winning set from Cardiff in May 2019 to be found on the quartet's own YouTube channel. Never really thought it could happen to a girl like me. Gosh, oh, seems so contradictory. Like a bit of abracadabra magicality. Presto, change, seen it for me. I made it to heaven beyond paradise. The moment I saw your eyes, your adorable eyes. I'm Alex and I sing lead. I'm Emma and I sing tenor. I'm Roz and I sing bass. I'm Claire and I sing baritone. We have all four members of Nightfall after uh, an amazing coaching session with Deke Sharon. I was just trying to look for the word that would describe it best and I sort of came up with intense. What, what do you think? Very intense. <laughs> I'd say aspirational and different because <laughs> you started off with one song didn't you? you started off with a rep song that you you were learning which was um which was very bouncy and you ended up with something completely different yes yeah, so we went in with with one of our kind of up-tempo rep songs and then um we worked that for a while and decided we'd go for one of our really new songs um which is a feature song for myself as a baritone and uh, went a bit more West End with it, I guess. like they're trying to perform instead of just singing. Am I making any sense with that? Yeah. Yes. And this is something that I think we need to get away from, and I think the judge was really trying to get you to tell stories, wasn't he? But um, he also seemed to be suggesting that, that the sort of things that we all do in barbershop, putting, putting a song together, doing the right moves at the right time, he really didn't want that. Was that, was that a surprise? Um, I think it was something that we were expecting. So we know that Deke is um, sort of the, the godfather of a cappella, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, we knew that he was going to push us out of our comfort zone and out of the stereotypical barbershop style, um, more towards a more modern a cappella, sort of free kind of performance style. So, yeah, we were, we were expecting that change. But it's, it's also useful for us because that's what we kind of... We'd also recognise that we need to get more into the character and emotional songs. So it's been a useful exercise to do that. But, but it really did get quite intense and quite personal at one point, didn't it? When, when you did the Carol King song, when, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow, he started trying to ask you to reach inside your own experiences for that. Yeah, so that's a beautiful song about um, love and the possibility of loss. And we were talking about the different emotions that involves and the, the overarching one in that song is fear. And Deke was asking us about our own personal stories if we have had a love that hasn't worked out well. And he asked us to share those with the audience, which I didn't feel completely comfortable doing. Have any of you ever been in love and had it not work out? I love it. So, that was so very British. He was asking us to share our personal stories, to actually tell those stories to the audience. 
and I don't know how many people were in there but it's quite a large concert hall most of whom we don't know and they're the kind of stories that I would feel comfortable sharing with my quartet mates but not to a coach that I've never met before and certainly not to a large room full of people so we hopefully in the end we put that story into our song rather than actually articulating it and 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 the song itself when you did that it was just amazing were you aware of the audience's reaction yeah so in the session we were very close to the audience and we could one of the things that Deke was saying was to look in their eyes as we were singing and um, so there's a, a real awareness of the audience reaction and the emotions that that must have been um, bringing up in the audience for them to have that that level of emotion um, physically Talk about the quartet then. Just, just, just tell us about uh, uh, Nightfall because you, you are the the champion Sweet Adelines Region 31 quartet. How, how long have you been going? Who's, who's going to tell me about that? Um, so we've been together a few years, um, and we managed to find Clara Baritone just over a year ago. So a year in this lineup, um, and it was our first contest together at Region 31 in May. So yeah, we were thrilled to to come home with the first place. Was it was it a surprise, Claire? It was a massive surprise to me. I mean, my, my hopes and dreams were that I survived the experience. Um, that's, that's all I could hope for was that I sung the right thing and I stood in the right place at the right time. And so coming away with, with any medal was beyond my wildest dreams, let alone coming away with the first place. Are the four of you in it for the, for the long haul now then? I mean, are, are we going to see you together, you know, in, in five years, ten years' time, do you think? I hope so. Um, obviously, in September, we're going to International at New Orleans, so that's our next... Um, goal and then shortly after that when we come back we're going to labs uh, in October and then we've already got plans for next year for um, doing Sweet Adeline's uh, national competition again. So does this mean you're, you're competing at labs as well as at Sweet Adeline's? Yes we are yeah. I used to direct Green Street Blues um, so labs was my first ever directing experience um, I directed them for two and a half nearly three years so it would be great for us to go back as a quartet we also competed at Europeans um, at labs when that was um, over in the UK a couple of years ago so it'll be um, it's such a friendly audience and it'll be great to be back with them and in terms of your performance I mean how will what you went through today how will that that change you in the future do you think if at all I think it's gonna make us think about the stories more make us think about what we're trying to portray more, particularly in some of the songs that we haven't maybe focused on as much in the past that are more repertoire songs. I think it's that next level for us now. This is what we actually needed to do, and that's helped today for us understand how we can go about that. So I think it's been great.
the four members of Nightfall, to whom the very best of luck at Sweet Adeline Internationals in September in New Orleans and the following month at Labs in Clandidno, North Wales. And that's almost it for this 20th Harmony UK podcast. Just one question left to answer. Who did win this year's prestigious Rising Star Quartet contest? Well, second place went to Perfect Four, the quartet from Liverpool, New York. And first place, I can keep you in suspense no longer. Here they are from Fort Myers, Florida, duly noted! the winning quartet at uh, Rising Stars tonight. Uh, Julie Noted, congratulations ladies. Thank you so, Thank you so much. much. So now just, just so that we all know who we're talking to, would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Madison Slamka. I'm the lead. Um, Emily Hitt, I'm the bass. And I'm Kaylee Anurabi and I'm baritone. And I'm Reagan Stauffer and I'm the tenor. And we heard earlier on from Classering that when they won five years ago, they got together specifically for this contest. How about you? you? Actually, we also competed at our regional in Florida, and we qualified for international. So we'll be going there in September, and we are just beyond excited for that as well. Wow, you are going to have such an exciting year this year. Yeah, we're so excited. We can't believe this is all happening so fast <laughs> to us. <laughs> Tell us about the songs that you chose, though. We just looked for stuff that was kind of sentimental, something kind of fun, and so once we found these, we just, we fell in love with them, and we were like, yes, this is it, this is our set, and this is something we can really connect to, and hopefully get the audience to connect to as well. Home is where the heart is, or so the poets say, but when the clouds darken up the sky, Oh, the audience absolutely loved both songs, but it, it must take one heck of a lot of practice from, from, from yourselves to get to that sort of situation. Are you, are you a, a, a distance quartet or do you all live close together? We all live relatively close together. Three of us all live in Tampa and then we have one in Fort Myers, so it's really not that far. So, so you're all Floridian then? Yes, we are. But there is something in the water in Florida, isn't there? Because there were two or three quartets here tonight, all of them pretty awesome. You might say that's Debbie Cleveland, a little bit. <laughs> and, and, and who does your coaching? 
Um, Mike Slamda does a lot of our coaching. That's my dad. Oddly enough, he's here. You must be very proud today, Mike. Uh, so proud of all of them. They sang wonderfully, and they're just wonderful girls. So, yeah, so proud of them. Well, can I wish you all the very, very best as the new Rising Stars champions, and uh, all the very best at internationals, too. Thank you, Thank you so, so much. much. Thank you. Weren't they tremendous, duly noted, celebrating success as the new Sweet Adeline Rising Star Champions? And what a year for one very talented family. Madison Slamka, the lead in Duly Noted. Her sister, Michaela Slamka-Johnson, singing tenor in the current Queens of Harmony class ring. And their dad, Mike, whom we heard very briefly there, uh, well known as the lead singer in the famous Crossroads Quartet. I don't know what they had for breakfast for all those years in the Slamka household, but uh, whatever it was, I think we all need a bowl or two. It's uh, obviously very good indeed uh, for the singing voice. And sadly, we've reached the end of the road for this 20th edition of Harmony UK podcast. My thanks to Region 31 for the invitation to IES and to Sweet Adelines International for use of the material from the Rising Star Contest. And a very special thank you to the many people who took time out from a busy schedule to talk to me here in Manchester. A final reminder to visit the Sweet Adeline International YouTube channel or their Facebook page where you can enjoy all the performances from all four days here at IES in full. As the song says, it really has been a celebration. More podcasts to come later in the year. For now, though, from me, John Beasley, thanks for listening. Keep the whole world singing. And till we meet again, bye-bye.